Amen. Father, we bless the children as they go. Hallelujah. Raise them up into strong men and women of God. Amen. Powerful servants for the next generation. Hallelujah. The next generation is so important. Thank you, Jesus. All right, as they're going out, let's just pray. Father, we ask for the Holy Spirit to fall right now and speak to us all in this very challenging but yet very exciting time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm. Found a long time ago when we asked the Holy Ghost to come, you don't really have to do much else because he does it all. Amen. Hallelujah. So I understand uh, that this morning is a very um, tender time and a challenging time for everybody because of what Pastor Mike just announced. And uh, it's also an um, unusual situation for me to be here, but also an, an honor to be here. Thank you, Pastor Mike and, and Joy, for um, allowing me to stand here in this kind of a time. And it's not just a privilege to stand here, but it's also... Uh, awesome, because before I came, while I was on the airplane down from Auckland, God began to speak to me. Um, I was originally going to watch some guitar lessons, because I'm a professional guitar player, that I, that's how I earn money in China to support myself, and uh, I was going to watch some guitar lessons, but God says, start praying in tongues, shut that lesson down, I've got something to say to you, and he began to speak some scriptures into my heart, and um, when I arrived, I, I had no prior knowledge of what was going on, really, just had heard from a few months ago when Pastor Mike and Joy had made the decision to allow a selection for a new senior leader. That was all I knew. So I had no prior knowledge. So when I arrived, almost one of the first things I said is, I've got some scriptures that God has given me. So before you say anything to me about the situation, I want to give them to you so you know that what I'm receiving is not biased by anything you say. And when I brought those scriptures out, they said, that's exactly what's going on. So I thought, well, praise God. And that, that gives me a confidence. Hallelujah. Because I'm not speaking the word of man, but I'm bringing a word from God. And a word from God equals prophecy. And when prophecy comes, we need to listen what, to God what he has to say. Hallelujah. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether we like what God says or not, you know, because he is Lord and we are his children. And I really don't like it when myself or anybody else, we try to reverse the roles where we try to make him our servant and our child and say, hey, now listen up here. I don't quite like what you have to say about that. We can't do that. Amen. I've been slapped before by God. You know, a good paddling saying, I'm your father. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, I, I, I just have to to learn these things, and we all have to learn these things as we go along, that whatever decision God makes, it's always the best one. Hallelujah. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. So when he spoke these scriptures to me, I had a confidence to say, okay, God, and then I'm just going to share these with Mike and Joy, and Mike and Joy said, well, we've had you booked here for a year anyway, so why don't you just get up and carry on sharing, because um, this is God's plan. So here I am, praise God, and it's good to see you all. Are you happy to see me? Amen. I'm happy to see you. Praise God. And I, I believe we'll see a lot more of each other in the future as well. I, I hope that because God is awesome when he puts us together to work together to do things. Now, 
the message that I got on the plane, the scriptures basically talk about something, and I want to just put a title to it. It's called, When God Does a New Thing. I'll say that again, just in case you didn't hear it. It's called, When God Does a New Thing. I'll say it again. When God does a new thing. Now, when God does a new thing, it's always like a birth. Now, I've never seen a tidy birth in my life. How many of you ladies in here, you've had children? Okay. There was a lot of um, screaming sometimes, a lot of pushing, and there was blood everywhere. But then something wonderful came forth that grows into a bigger and bigger blessing. Hallelujah. And that's the way God does it. You know, he, he made natural childbirth to be not such a pleasant experience, but bring such a precious thing forth to let us see how things in the Spirit are born as well. No different with the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. There was a, a huge reaction to that, even involving the death of many, many children because of a wicked king who wanted to find Jesus and kill him. So there's always something that's going to be swirling around and causing trouble when God does a new thing. But that is never an excuse to say, I don't want to be part of it. Amen. So I want to share with you the things that I got. And, you know, and I've been through this kind of thing. You know, and um, I remember when I was just young in the Lord, it wasn't that old, or maybe three or four years, and I got saved in the United States. I actually got saved in Salt Lake City, Utah. And if you know that place, it's the Mormon capital of the world. But relax, I'm not a Mormon, praise the Lord. And if there's any Mormons in here, then come to Jesus and be saved. Amen. You don't have to do all those things that they do in that church that binds you up with legalism and dogma. You can be free. Hallelujah. But I, I got saved 10 blocks from the Mormon temple in a little church called the Foursquare Church. Now, in New Zealand, Foursquare means a grocery store, but in America, it means a large denomination that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I got saved, and my spiritual parents were there, Harry and Jean. They had led me to the Lord. I was a wild beer-drinking, bad-mouthed sheep-shearer, a black belt in karate with an attitude when I came to stay in their home. And um, they prayed me into the kingdom for a year, and I got radically saved. I, my eyes were opened, and, and, and mom and dad were there to start raising me in the Lord, and it was just, just awesome. But about five years later, they, they felt that it was time for them to step down. And so they um, introduced another couple from another Foursquare church that was going to come in and uh, take over and be the new mom and dad of the house. And um, I would love to say that they went, oh God, I see you're doing a new thing, so I'm going to cooperate with you wonderfully and, and, and do everything that is pleasing in your sight. But the, when the announcement was made from the platform, my reaction was probably what a lot of many of you may feel right now. So I understand the sensitivity of the time. I've been through these things, and not just once either, but as, as I go through them at different times, and it's easier and easier, and it's, it's, it's much more easy to trust God, knowing that when he's doing something, the end result is going to be awesome, despite what our feelings say, and despite what our emotions might say. I've got half of the congregation clapping. By the end, I hope we'll have all of you. Amen. And this is the truth. Amen. Because there was a battle going on in me, just like there'll be a battle going on in some of you. There was a battle going on in the church. There was a struggle that started to happen. And there was, there was three forces working. God wanted his will done. Satan wanted his will done. And some people wanted their will done. 
And what a mess that is. And that's why it's called a birth. Because it gets messy. Because when you've got three wills contending, but God always gets his will done in the end. Hallelujah. He's the almighty God and he knows what he's up to. Hallelujah. And he even uses the pain of childbirth to bring about his will in a more complete fashion. Hallelujah. And so I, I had this reaction inside of me. And the first reaction was, I don't want this. I don't want this. I love my mom and dad, Perry and Sue. They've been here for years. I've been here for years. And it was a relationship there that I felt insecure about breaking. And I knew everything else would change. And I don't want this. And it was a very real feeling. Some of you might be feeling that this morning. Then there was this fear that everything that is familiar and that I love in my spiritual home would change. And I, it would change. And then the next thing come was, <clears throat> I don't know this new guy. And then the next reaction was, I don't even like this new guy. Yeah, I remember it. It all came like a, like a, a whole thing in there. Then it came, oh, other things, personal issues. Will I still have my position? Because I was involved in some things in the church. And, oh, will I be recognized anymore? Does that mean I have to submit under him? And my soulless conclusion, without prayer, without calling on God, without asking anything of heaven was, I'll probably leave. Good preaching, Brother Gerald, amen. Getting to the heart of the matter, amen. But fortunately, I did have enough wisdom to keep my mouth shut and not to do anything rash until I had prayed and heard God say, this couple coming in is my will, so what do you want to choose? So I said, all right, if this is your will, I will obey. Because when I got saved, I told you, God, whatever you say to me, I will obey. And I'm so glad I did. So glad I overcame my emotions. So glad I overcame all those negative things that came at me. So glad I overcame some negative voices that came at me. Because now I have a wonderful relationship, not only just with my spiritual parents, but with the new leaders of that group who I also regard as spiritual parents under my spiritual parents. And we still cooperate to this day. I still go to their church and preach this day. And it won't be too long they're coming to China and bless our work over there. Hallelujah. Are you all here this morning? Um, so I, 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 I've often tried to be a more diplomatic preacher, but it never works. There's never an anointing on any diplomacy that I've tried to put forth. So I just have to blah, put it out there. I'm sorry, but, you know, I apologize for not being able to apologize for the way I preached. <laughs> Amen. So God is about to do a new work, and I prophesy to this new work this morning. This work will prosper in Jesus' name. This work will grow in Jesus' name. This work will expand in Jesus' name. I know it's of God because he spoke to me before I even came here. Hallelujah. He spoke to me and said, I'm doing something in here. And after I arrived, even before I knew a whole lot of the details, I had a chance to meet with, uh, with, with David Connell. didn't have a chance to meet with Kate, unfortunately. Uh, but I, after I met with him, I prayed and says, God, you know, um, <clears throat> is this the man that you have chosen? I would like to know. And he spoke to me very quickly. 
And he said, yes. And so I spoke to him and I spoke to uh, Pastor Mike and Joy and says, I, as a, as a man of God and from my office of God, have heard from God and fully endorse him. And the support that I promised to you, I now give to David and Kate. And I spoke that to their face. I have to do that because I know it's the will of God. And as I was talking with David, some of you, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, some of you are going to be in for a very pleasant surprise when what God has put on him and in him starts flowing out to do this new thing that God is doing. Some of you are going to be shocked and say, that's not the David we knew, but I saw it. I heard him speak to me. This is what God has shown me. This is what God wants me to do. I went, wow, almost wish I was here to be under that. But now we're going to go into this new work thing. And I've got 10 minutes, and you know, I can do something in 10 minutes. See, that a new work, when it starts to happen, the Holy Ghost, he starts to brood over it, and he creates an environment for four things to happen. And I want you to write these down, because you're going to see these come. They're already happening. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 4. And this is the, the very first part that God always does when he starts to do a new thing. And it says, thank you, sir. May God bless you. And it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. And the first thing that God does when he wants to do a new thing particularly within an established work, is he will test the heart of every person who is involved in that work. And he will do it in a way that everybody's thoughts, motives, and intents are very, very clear. Because when he wants to do something, he wants to start it right. He wants to start it so everybody knows where they stand. He wants to start it where the people who do want to go with him and are called to stay there will go into it with the right heart. And sometimes, you know, God will call people out, say, I've got something new for you over there, and that's fine. I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't stay here, then you're out of the will of God. God could very well call some people into new things and more wonderful things, and if that's the calling of God, let it be blessed. Hallelujah. Let it prosper. Hallelujah. But there will be many who are called to stay and be a part of what is coming. And so there's three tests that God puts us through. And you can follow along in these scriptures if you would like to. The first one, uh, we can find a test that God always puts us through. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2. And it says, You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And this is one of the first things that God will test us with, is a difficult environment. And right now, it's a difficult environment for everybody. There's change coming, there's insecurity coming, there's all those emotions that I just talked about that I had when I went through this the first time. And there's a testing and a pulling, and God wants us to make a choice. Are we going to react out of our head, or are we going to go to him and say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. 
and we keep on knocking on the door of heaven until he shows us what he wants us to do and we dare not make any decision until we hear from heaven. Hallelujah. I've made that a precedent of my life. I say, Father, I know there's many things my eyes will see. There's many things that my ears will hear. There's many things that will go on around me. But if I'm not sure, then I will wait before your throne and I will bang on the door like Jesus taught us to pray until the door opens and I know what you want me to do. Because the will of man always fails, but the will of God will endure forever and bring blessing. Simple as that. It's not complicated. You don't need to go to theological cemetery for five years to learn that principle. Wait until you hear from God and then make your decision. Hallelujah. And even if what you hear you don't like, obey with good graces and you will be blessed. Hallelujah. I remember I've gone into some things God told me to do with an extremely bad inward attitude. But I obeyed, and it brought such blessing, and my attitude changed. Amen. Good preaching, Brother Gerald. Amen. Good, 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 good. Amen. Second test comes. You can find it in 2 Chronicles 32, 30, and 31. This same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of the upper Gihon and brought water by the tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him uh-oh, in order to test him, that he might know all that was in his heart. Amen. Second test. God will pull back and he will allow a situation come that will test your pride. Because these ambassadors of of the princes of Babylon, the word ambassador means a mocker, to make mouths at, to scoff at. So they came down from their high and mighty Babylon to come and see little old Judah and says, huh, here's what we heard really happened here. And, And Hezekiah had a choice. He could have stood before the mockers and said, yes, you know, God did this for me. He healed my body and I'm wonderful. And he could have just glorified God about the healing in his body. But instead, he went into the flesh and he went and showed them all his riches and all his jewels and all his money and all his army and all the stuff, puffing himself up in the flesh to say, hey, we've still got some good stuff down here. Who do you think you Babylonians are doing all this mocking? See, he made a wrong choice. He could have just glorified God and says, yes, a miracle happened in my body. Here's the scar. The boil was here and God healed it. But no, he had to go into showing his own might. And sometimes we have a test that comes when somebody comes and we have to face a situation and this situation as well. Is our pride going to rise up or can we humbly come under and just say, I just want to glorify God. I don't care about the arm of the flesh. I don't care about looking good. I don't even care about any position I might have I just want to glorify God and that is a hard test to pass I've failed it in times past and I don't have time this morning to share that dismal story because I promised I'd finish at 11.30 and I will the next test John 6, 5 and 6. 
Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. He was testing Philip to see if he could believe God that he could do the impossible. But Philip went, how can we buy enough bread for these people? Oh, failed again in the natural. And then Jesus did the impossible. And God will do that too. And in this kind of a situation, the question that comes to us is, can, really God, can God really do anything through this man? And I've had to face that on several occasions in my walk with God where I've had to come under people I didn't know or new people that replaced. And that, that horrible, questioning old man and the devil fuels that all the time. Can God really do anything to him? It's a strong test. Can God really do what looks like is impossible? doesn't look possible that anything could come out of this. But I want to tell you, when it's God, you'll be pleasantly surprised what he can do through his chosen vessel. Hallelujah. He can do it far above what you think. Hallelujah. In ways that you never thought of. Hallelujah. And when you come under that, what God is doing, when you get out into the spout where the glory comes out, then you'll be blessed with it. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm just going to run through the next three, uh, four, three steps because I don't have time to preach on them. The second part is pruning. You can read it in John 15, 1 and 2. Jesus said, every branch that bears fruit, then I prune it so it will what? Bear more fruit. And so people are tested. They make their decisions. Some who are called to stay, stay. Some who are called to stay, go. The ones who are called to go, go. The ones that are called to go sometimes leave right with a sweet spirit. The ones who are called to go sometimes leave badly with bitterness. That's your decision if you're going to obey God in this or not. Whether you stay or go, how you do it is very important. If, if, if this starts happening, then you're out of the will of God right there and you're killing your own blessing. Perhaps I should be more gentle, I know, but, you know, I've, I've, I have to tell the truth. I don't want to see anybody lose their blessing just because you let your emotions run off. And I don't want to see anybody lose your blessing because you made a rash decision before you heard God. I beg you, quieten down, listen to God. The third step is building. It'll be smaller when it starts. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, Zechariah 4, 9 and 10 says. And then the fourth and final and wonderful and ongoing thing is blessing and fruit. John 15, 2, I prune the branch that it may bear more fruit. And I prophesy to this church, I prophesy to this group, I prophesy to this place, there is much more fruit waiting for you than all the fruit that was before because the pruning is going on so you can bear more. That's Jesus' prophecy to you. Hallelujah. He said that if I prune you, it's for the purpose of getting more. Repeat that after me. If I prune you, it's for the purpose of getting more. Say it again. If I prune you, it's for the purpose of getting more. Say it again. If I prune you, it is for the purpose of getting more. Some of you look like you're sucking on lemons, but that's all right. You'll get used to the scissors of God. Amen.
I'm out of time. Can I have the praise and worship team come up, please? You did a great job this morning, praise and worship team. You're awesome. Did you get something out of that this morning? Can you feel the Holy Ghost in this? I can feel the Holy Ghost all over this place. He's brooding this place. I negate every wrong word in Jesus' name. I negate every curse that's been spoken in Jesus' name. I negate every false prophecy that's been spoken in Jesus' name. I loose the blessing of God over this place. I loose the blessing of God over every single one of you who desires to obey God in His calling on your life. I loose the brooding of the Holy Spirit to move here and bring forth a work that will be a wonder and a sign to many people. In Jesus' name we pray.